You're listening to Hope on the Homefront, the official podcast for Homefront Heroes Ministries. We're a group of military wives on a mission to help you find joy in your journey. We're jumping in the trenches to encourage you when you're struggling, help you grow in your faith, and support you through military life. Because here, you are seen. Here, you're essential. Here, you are never alone. Welcome home. Let's go. Hey, military wife. Welcome back to Hope on the Homefront. I'm Ashley, one of the co-founders of Homefront Heroes Ministries, and I'm really excited to be kicking off our new series, Hope for the Holidays, starting our conversation today with radical hospitality. If you joined us last year, we did a holiday series thriving through the holidays where we talked about the unique struggles we face like isolation and loneliness and how we can persevere through those things. But this year, I want to take us one step further and challenge us with a perspective shift that allows us to be all in, in the season we're in right now. Too often, I think we wait to live fully in, in our circumstances as military wives. We're always waiting for things to be as they should be, or as they could be, or as we hoped they would be. When I retire, then when we have a different house, then when we get to this next duty station, when I finally leave this one because I hate it, whatever it is, we're constantly waiting to live fully in our circumstances. But the reality is this is our life right here, right now. And to our detriment, this perspective ultimately has us waiting to live not only fully, but obediently in the place that God has called us to. This place that you're in, this circumstances that's around you, this duty station that you may or may not want to be in, whatever it is, God has allowed you to be there. And our only job, our only purpose in this life is to glorify him in the season we're in, wherever we're in. We also have this conversation, this struggle, this identity crisis as military wives, where we're constantly asking the question, what am I here for? Am I just following this dude around the earth and my purpose is nothing? And I want to challenge us first right there because God is very clear about what our purpose is. God is very intentional to make sure we know exactly what our job is on this earth. And it's an honor to take on this life alongside our husbands if we have the right perspective. I want to take a look at Mark chapter 12, starting in verse 28, where Jesus says exactly what our purpose is. He's standing among the scribes and he is approached and asked the question, which command is the most important of all? This is the most important. Jesus said, the Lord, our God is one. Love the Lord, your God with all your heart, with all your soul with all your mind and with all of your strength. The second is this, love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other command greater than these. Our only purpose is to love and serve the Lord in every single season we're in. And what this looks like in radical hospitality that we see demonstrated all over the Bible from beginning to end. So often that looks like loving and serving not only the Lord first, 
but loving and serving the people he has placed in our care and in our path. So let's talk about the table. Let's look at this picture of radical hospitality. And like I said, that is so beautifully demonstrated throughout the gospels, especially, but all over scripture, just woven in because it is the heart of God that he welcomed us into his presence. And we see this so simply and yet so powerfully demonstrated when we look through the scriptures and discover who was welcomed and seated at the table with Jesus. So when we look through the gospels, we see the disciples as he goes and pursues them and he's calling to walk alongside them. We see those who loved Jesus and those who obediently wanted to serve him. We see people like the woman at the well where Jesus waits among a group of men for the lowest of not only society, but also a woman to be welcomed in his presence. And he demonstrates that the outcast, those who people were ashamed to be seen with, were also welcomed in his presence. And then perhaps the most compelling of everybody seated at the table of Jesus is Judas, because we see Jesus welcome the one that he knew would deny him and yet offer him the same love and compassion and kindness and opportunity to know him that everybody else who loved him or was excluded by others also received. So we're seeing the obedient, we're seeing the lost or the outcasts. And we're seeing the wolf in sheep's clothing. And I think we'll get to this in a second, but it is important to distinguish between the lost and the wolf. And we do have to approach this subject with wisdom and discernment. But I think what's happened and where we need the perspective shift is we've accidentally started treating the lost like the wolf in the sheep's clothing. And it's pushing them out to the wolves because they no longer feel welcome in the body of Christ. So the only place they have found welcome is actually a false welcome among the wolves and sheep's clothing. So here's an example of discerning between the two. If you open your table and you have a pastor, a ministry leader, or even a friend who loves the Lord and begins speaking falsely or living a life against that truth, you should call that out. You should rebuke that. That's, that's biblical. That's boundaries. That's scripture. But if you've welcomed someone to your table or have a neighbor or a friend who just simply doesn't know the full word of the gospel, or is just simply wandering or searching, searching and not really sure where she is in her faith, you should invite them in, build a relationship with them and walk alongside them as the Lord does what only he can do. And in doing this, of course, we never compromise the truth. And this is what we see Jesus doing. He's welcoming us in without compromising what is true, even if it does compromise our relationship with him, not on his behalf, on our behalf for turning away. But what we have with Jesus is love, deep, deep love. We have a God that we can trust, who won't betray us, who is faithful. We have a God that overwhelmingly welcomes us into his presence when we're so, so undeserving. 
And that's the thing that keeps us coming to him. That's the thing that makes us long for the truth because we long for the presence of God. We belong in the presence of God. So when Jesus doesn't compromise the truth for us to be welcomed in that presence, that's his demonstration of really true, honest, and pure love. So my point is this, when we take the time to develop even an, a glimpse of what Jesus has done with us, of course, we can never be God to somebody, but if we take time to build relationship and trust and welcome the lost or the outcast into our homes and gather them around our table, then we have now opened up the avenue to have honest and real conversation that they're actually going to listen to where we don't have to compromise the truth, but we can be a mentor, a voice, a piece of encouragement for them as they discover their own walk with Christ. And he, you know, the, the work of the spirit is sanctifying them and building that relationship in, in them. That takes time. It doesn't just happen overnight. It's one thing at a time that Jesus works with us. So if we rebuke the lost or the outcast before they've ever had a chance to know the truth, then I'm afraid we have missed the great commission. We have missed the hope of the gospel altogether. So how can we bring this to life in our lives? How can we offer radical hospitality as we move into the holidays and we're thinking about things like Thanksgiving and Christmas, and we're gathered around people who are isolated or alone. First, we need to be willing to share with others what God has blessed us with. And I'm not talking about perfect homes and Pinterest decorated tables. I'm just talking about having a heart that's willing to give your time, your home, your plans, and your attention over to the Lord. We've got to get our heart in the right position to be open and to be hospitable to others. Next is we need to be prayerful. We do have to approach this sub subject with wisdom. We know that the word says things like bad company cor corrupts good character, um, that we are to set boundaries against people who are divisive or evil, but we need to go in this with prayer because we need to consider where we are, not only in our own faith, but what it is that God is asking of us. We need to have a firm body of believers around us to anchor us in truth and accountability that then allows us to be radically hospitable to the lost. So approach this with prayer. Ask God, who, who do you want at my table? And that pushes us right into the next one. Be uncomfortable. Who do you want at my table is a really powerful question to ask the Lord. And I promise you, I can almost guarantee you it will push you outside of your comfort zone. So we have to be willing to be uncomfortable and let go of what other people are thinking. We are living for the glory of God, not for the approval of others. So if you are well planted in the church or you're concerned about, about, about what that leader might think about that person sitting at your table or what perception that's going to give off if you welcome that person or she's a little rough around the edges or her language is a little too strong to be seated among women who love the Lord. Those are the things that we're going to have to give over and know 
that it is between us and God who we welcome at our table and how we glorify him. We don't owe or need to give any explanation to being obedient to the Lord. The next thing we need is boldness. We need to be bold. Where else are the lost going to hear the truth if they aren't welcome at the tables of those who love the Lord? If we're more concerned about the approval of man or not even realize that we've pushed people into being outcasts, maybe we've accidentally started treating the lost like the wolf in sheep's clothing. This is where that perspective shift needs to happen. Adopting that posture of humility to the Lord. How will they hear and know the truth if they're not welcome with the ones who have the gift of the word? And last but not least, we need to be humble. We need to be humble. We have all fallen short of the glory of God. And the more that we walk alongside the Lord and the more work that he does in our hearts, I can think of so many things that God has removed from my life, but also given to my life. It looks so much different. And I genuinely crave a righteous way of life. I don't mean self-righteous. I mean, living a life that's worthy of the gospel. And that's not my own doing. That's the work of the spirit as he has opened my eyes to things that I just no longer desire because I truly, truly, truly just want to glorify him. And even still with that longing desire to know him, to glorify him and to get rid of all the things that don't bring him honor or glory. I still have so much work to do. So I have to keep this posture of humility that I am no better than anybody to my right or to my left. In fact, I should consider everybody else around me greater than myself. And we see this truth laid out for us right in Colossians chapter three, verses 12 through 17. Therefore, God's chosen ones, holy and loved, put on heartfelt compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience, accepting one another and forgiving one another if anyone has a complaint against one another. Just as the Lord has forgiven you, so you must also forgive. Above all, put on love, the perfect bond of unity, and let the peace of the Messiah, to which you were also called in one body, Control your hearts and be thankful. Let the message about the Messiah dwell richly among you, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom and singing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs with gratitude in your hearts to God. And whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father. And we see this call to humility all over the gospels all over the word. God's desire is for us to give him our hearts, to humble ourselves before him, to understand the magnitude of what has been done for us by the work of the cross. We have got to understand in verses like Philippians two, three, where it says, do nothing out of rivalry or conceit, but in humility, consider others as more important than yourself. 
Luke chapter 6, 27, love your enemies. Deuteronomy 10, 19, you must also love the foreigner since you were foreigners in the land of Egypt. Philippians 2, 4, everyone should look out not only for his own interests, but for the interests of others. Matthew 22, love your neighbor as yourself. 1 John 4, 11, if God loved us in this way, we also must love one another. And in John chapter 13, 34, I give you a new command, love one another, just as I have loved you. You must also love one another. So remembering that we too have also been saved and that my sin is no different or no better than the person to my left or to my right. That's humbling to me that his incredible mercy has even allowed us to be welcomed in the presence of a holy and sovereign God. We should be pierced. We should be pierced by the magnitude of that truth. God has welcomed you. And because of his grace, we are transformed by his great love. Now we have the opportunity to go and share that love with others as we point them back to him by opening our hearts, by opening our homes, and loving those that he has first loved. What an incredible hope that brings right here to the home front. Thanks for tuning in. From our heart to yours, we hope that this podcast is your go-to place for encouragement on the home front. We would love to hear what your favorite takeaway was from this episode by having you take a screenshot and share it on your social media. Tag us at HFH underscore ministries or on Facebook at Homefront Heroes Ministries so we can get connected with you, get to know you more, and hear from you firsthand what specific encouragement you're looking for. This is home. This is the place to have the hard conversations. And until we chat next, get out there and find the joy.